Hello friends, and a warm welcome to this, the latest episode of the Wake Up London podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is the movement episode. In this episode, Wake Up London, originator of the hiking group, Dave Vered, talking about his relationship to walking and hiking. We have short sharings from Jasmine and Serena, two friends from Wake Up recently on the Camino in Spain. We have a sharing from Tamsin, who, amongst a group of Wake Up London friends, are running the 10K in Battersea Park on Sunday to raise money for the Being Peace Practice Centre. And we hear from sibling Young Ten, who talks about movement from the perspective of someone using a wheelchair. Sibling Young Ten also gifts us a guided meditation. And we have music this episode from two artists who will appear on the next Peace Sounds album. We have Pebble Meditation from Charity and Jam Band, and this from Rising Appalachia. Sisters Chloe and Leah kindly recorded a live version of this song for a recent Wake Up Online retreat from Plum Village. This is Resilient. I am resilient, I trust the movement. I negate the chaos, uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again and again I'll close my mouth and learn to listen
and done What are you gonna do about it When the world comes undone My voice feels tiny And I'm sure so does yours Put us all together Make a mighty That was Resilient by Rising Appalachia. To find out more about them, you can visit risingappalachia.com. And to find more out about Peace Sounds, that song will be on the forthcoming Peace Sounds 3 album, you can visit peacesoundslabel.org. Peace Sounds is a music project from within Wake Up London. So to the long conversation in this episode, thank you very much, Dave Vered, for your time. Dave is, has been a part of Wake Up London Sanger for many years. And thanks to a chance encounter at a work event, Dave has become also a great lover of hiking. And he brings that love to Wake Up London and shares it with friends as part of the hiking group. So Dave, thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Always, always nice to chat to you. <laughs> um, how is your How is your weather today? Oh, good question. Um, my weather is all sunshine. Yeah, yeah. How's your weather? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's sunshiny to see to see you, and um, yeah. And also, I feel a bit of um, a bit of nervous excitement. A little bit, and that's because something that we're both involved in in a couple of weeks. I've just come back from a run, which kind of <laughs> themes into what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. We'll get to that, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, thank you. It's lovely to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I ask all the guests how they first came to wake up, or maybe to wake up, or to Tignat Hands Teachings Plum Village. I wonder what was the journey for you. Sure. So I can I can sort of tell you both briefly. Um, I moved over from Australia about seven years ago and my partner at the time had been to Plum Village once. And um, when I came to uh, the UK, we decided to go to Plum Village for a summer. And so that was my introduction into kind of um, Thigla Hans teaching and and Plum Village itself. And then um, we actually broke up not long after that, about about five or six months after that. And I moved, we were living in uh, rural England and I moved to London and um, I'd had that little base and little sort of connection with Plum Village, but moving to London after a breakup and I had a new job and, you know, I was you know, on the other side of the world from where I grew up, um, I knew I needed something to ground me. So I started mm-hmm. to visit Wake Up um, as something to sort of help ground me. Um, one of the things yeah. that helped me uh, as, I, as I began my journey in London. What, what were your impressions of those early days of your time at Wake Up London? Um, I remember you. Uh, I think you were there facilitating one of the first sessions that I went to. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, it, positive. Um, you know, I was. It was kind of like uh, I was nervous because it was you know a brand new community that I didn't really know that well, and um, but I definitely felt quite welcomed. 
um you know uh yeah I did feel um I felt felt held there were some difficult times for me as part of that and I think I shared some of those times and mm. I certainly felt held um by some of the people there when doing that yeah yeah wonderful mm. um so yeah one thing that people will know you for in the sangha is um that you love walking mm. and actually it's quite funny I think your your whatsapp um tag when it says you know some people say like i'm available i'm my battery's very low and yours says i'm probably up a mountain somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> um have you always been a has walking and hiking um always been something that has been important to you how, how did that begin in your life um it, it's funny it hasn't actually so uh i was never really a big hiker mm. until i moved to the uk and i um I started in a job uh, uh, in in London that around the time I was going to come to wake up, and um, when I arrived in the job, within a week or two, they sent out an email saying they have a, a fundraising thing every year. So every year in this company, they do a, a group hike with about eight to ten people, and um, to uh, to raise funds for for a particular charity that um, is connected. And charity changes over time, but at that time it was a charity called WizKids. And they sent an email asking for people to apply if they wanted to go on this hike. And the hike was a hike uh, to hike part of the Mont Blanc Trail, um, which is this particular part uh, includes Switzerland, Italy, and France within walking distance of each other. And mm-hmm. growing up in Australia, um, that just sounded so cool to walk three countries <laughs> because mm. Australia is so massive. You can you can walk for months and you're still in the same country you know it's it's about the size of europe or slightly larger um and so to be able to walk to three countries i was like yeah i want to do this and so um i applied and i was accepted and the only sort of criteria was that you had to as a, as a group raise a certain amount of money um and so then i started to raise the money and i started um hiking as part of that training so there's a mm-hmm. couple of hiking groups in london and i was I would go on a hike every sunday um which also helped kind of have something to do you know it was as i mentioned it was going through a breakup which wasn't the easiest time and so to to go hiking and meet people um sort of helped and um yeah my training for that led me to do the mont blanc trail and i thought i'd just finish that and then that would be it i wouldn't do any more hiking after it you know and after i did the mont blanc trail with this i was like this is amazing i want to do more and so then i just started hiking more and eventually leading hikes and um and you know leading hikes in the mindful group as well some other hikes as well yeah yeah that's that's a great story wow and and so there was an idea because we've got a group haven't we there's a a a group of anyone's welcome to it from wake up london or or, or elsewhere if they want to get involved of mindful hiking yeah is that was that something that you started that group yeah, I did. I did. There's been yeah. a few iterations of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first one is the one that I started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what can people expect if they come on one of those? Um, I mean, it's really lovely. It's, you know, the general formula is is a nice hike, somewhere between 10 to 20 kilometres. Um, so anywhere from three to five hours. We have um, uh, some part of it is usually a mindful um, mindful walking, which means that we don't talk. We just, mm. you know, um, uh just try and be present and walk silently for um, half an hour kind of thing to an hour um usually have a shared 
uh, vegan lunch, which is lovely. There is the other component, which is, um, I don't want to say non-mindful, but you know, where we are talking and, um, and chatting. And so there's a lot of lovely <laughs> chats. We've had some beautiful adventures. There's often in summer, there'll be like mulberry picking or, or that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really lovely. And we've had up to, I think 30 people came one time, you mm. know, for a really large summer one, um, where we went to like Balcom Circular. We had a, we had a swim as well in the, in the, a wild swim in the lake there, which was lovely. Um, so yeah, that, that sort of really lovely thing. Yeah. Do you think, um, I don't know whether you can reflect on that time when you, that first kind of big hike you had, what do you think it is about hiking there's a lot of science around just movement, I suppose, and being out in the fresh air and being with other people, maybe. But like mm. personally speaking, what do you think it was that made you want to do more of it after that first one? I think at its core, as, as humans, and not just humans, as mammals, um, mm. we're meant to spend time in nature. And I think it's really easy for us as humans to forget that, you know, if you're living mm. in cities or even small cities. And so for me, hiking connects me back to that, to, to nature, which is, um, which is, which just feels like home, you know, it feels like mm. what, what I'm naturally meant to be doing. Um, and the more I do it, it's funny, the more I do it, the more I want to spend time in nature, you know, and so, mm. um, uh, growing up in Australia, I mean, I was I lived by a beach. And so, you know, you had, you had that kind of connection to nature that way, but I didn't spend too much time in the, you call it the bush in Australia or the forest here. Um, but yeah, doing this hiking, I now, you know, really just love spending time. I try to spend as much time. I'm going hiking in Mallorca with a few friends in a couple of weeks. And I'm going mm. to the Balkans for a six day hike for four, three peaks, you know, and, um, you know, I would think probably in time I'll, I'll live my life around, um, spend being closer to nature than I am now. Okay. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think it's just, it's primal. It's what we're meant to do is, is be, be in nature and around nature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. The um, yeah, the other the other thing that's uh, that's, that's going to be a little bit about in this episode is about this um, um, about the run that a few of us are doing. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's quite interesting because I I wanted to ask you about this because um, there's I've read quite a few like little articles and podcasts and stuff about um, running as a spiritual practice there was a, a series with um on the as part of the on being um, episode krista tippett who runs that was um a big fan of taking hands and plum village and but it still is yeah of course and um but she interviewed ty when when he was alive and um there's a whole episode there about running as a spiritual practice and people talk about their relationship to meditation and silence and then also to running and often that is people running on their own i suppose and that gives that kind of solitude and that time for for silence um do you have any relationship to it like that like is like solo walking because we talked a lot about groups there but i just about solo walking and solo running um, yeah um, i often yeah. go on solo hikes and i um, yeah okay really love that yeah it's very um it's very grounding and calming i find to do mm. that so um, i mean i love connection um you know that but i guess the people yeah. listening might not. <laughs> um <laughs> but i love connection i love connecting with people um and so you know group hikes are really lovely to do that and you have i find you, you your one has um some very deep and open conversations when you're hiking that you may not have you know with someone sitting opposite them having a tea you know and it's yeah. being in nature um but yeah back to back to your point i certainly feel like um 
like very centered when I go on solo hikes and um and solo runs. I mainly do solo runs. Um I, I'm very different as well. Um the the reaction I find on my body when I do hike is hiking is probably a little bit calmer. Whereas as running as as you said, when you kind of like came back from the run this morning, you know, I think you got a bit more yeah. adrenaline, you got a bit more energy. And so it's sort of a different feel. Um and so uh but yeah, I mean uh, I think both of those things doing them by themselves support my spiritual practice yeah yeah wonderful how is um so so actually we're both involved in this but next uh sunday or sunday after this one coming is um we're there's running to raise some money for the being peace center um yeah. are you are you training at the moment dave how's the training going training's not going great joe <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I I mean I have a bit of form because I did a marathon late last year and then a half marathon in March. So oh well, that's impressive. I've, yeah. I've got a bit of form, but I did a five k run the other day just to see how I'd go. And um, it, it my body was like, "What's going on here? I haven't done this in a while." And so okay. um, I'm going to need to do one or two, a couple more sort of conditioning runs. Um, yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not actually going for a, a strong time or anything like that. Um, mm. uh, I've had uh, some things on which meant that I kind of wasn't able to focus so much on running. Um, but yeah, I think I'll be taking it quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to being with you. Yeah, you Dave, too. Thank you so much. Um, how's the rest of your day looking today? What's uh, what's happening for you? Yeah, not bad. I'm Train, like, run training, training all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a seven, seven k. No, maybe a ten k run. Then I'll probably do a thirty k hike. Joe. You know? <laughs> um, no, it's a nice. I mean, the sun's shining here in London, um, and I've got some family visiting. Um, so uh, I'm working today, and then I'll go out for dinner uh, for kind of a goodbye dinner for my mum who's visiting here. She get heads off tomorrow. Yeah, lovely. Well, Dave, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. And, Absolute um, pleasure, Joe. Thank you. All right. Bye for now. See you. Bye. Thanks very much, Dave. Lovely to hang out with you there. Now to two shorter sharings. This is from Jasmine and Serena, two wake-uppers who joined another wake-up friend, Kasia, recently and spent some weeks on the Camino. The Camino is a pilgrimage walk that has for centuries been populated by people taking time out of their daily lives to walk in the footsteps of former pilgrims and spiritual seekers through France and Spain, ending up in Portugal. Here are their experiences. Hi Joe. thanks for having me for um, sharing about my experience on the Camino. Um, for everyone who doesn't know me, I am Jasmine, I, or Jazz, <laughs> and I, um, yeah, I, I experienced the Camino uh, earlier this year with uh, good friends Serena and Kasia, and um, there's so much I'd like to share about it. In fact, this morning I am in Wales right now, and uh, I'm on my morning walk. You might hear many things, maybe my steps, I'm not sure, (laughs) maybe the sound of the road, I'm not too far from a road, but I'm in a beautiful forest, Um, and this brings me right back, I think, to my experience of the Camino, which was so varied, so many landscapes, sometimes, uh, a lot of the time, such beautiful landscapes, sometimes very industrial. But um, I guess that's also part of my experience of the Camino, walking, seeing the varied landscapes, 
the varied inner landscapes. Um, there's so much I could say. Uh, a big gift of the Camino I found was to to really experience that the varied um, parts, the how life is very varied, um, and also the experience of walking every day and and the pain <laughs> that you experience through that even from the first day for me I I wore the wrong uh, shoes and I ended up with very bad blisters and from there I I really I, lo- I mean I loved the w- experience of walking to be in nature I loved walking alongside other people meeting other people but around you know a few days into the Camino because of my first day wearing the wrong shoes I was in so much pain um, and I really questioned whether I could actually continue um, the Camino. I even was looking up, <laughs> I was even looking up where I could be for the rest of my time in Spain, where we were at that point. Um, and that experience was, you know, very hard. I, you know, it was a lot of challenge and, um, you know, really seriously thinking I would have to give up. And yet I managed to continue going. It was like this weird magic that every night we would arrive at a hostel. Um, Every afternoon we'd arrive at the hostel and then from there uh, we would spend a little bit of time in the town, we'd eat, but the feet were so painful. And then (laughs) I go to bed in a big dorm, managed to sleep amazingly and somehow got up the next morning and just felt so much uh energy to go just to be ready and get ready to go um and then you know get your big backpack on and just be ready to go again and I think by the end I I did three weeks um mainly walking with friends and then uh technically on my own although by that point I we had made really good um friends along the way and by that point I just you know I could at the very end of the Camino I could walk uh, I walked 39 kilometers in a day which I had never done before um, and felt fine (laughs) so I guess the experience in that was um, of going through something Uh, I've been through a lot in the last years and to the experience of the physical pain and to just every day get up to walk Um, you know at many points we got very close to a town and it would feel very close but yet it felt so far because we were you know in a lot of pain we were so tired and um, yeah that challenge of of uh, physical pain of exhaustion um, sometimes emotional kind of feeling low or uh, tired at the very end of a walk and then just the experience of moving through that gave me a lot of hope um, to, do, to, to experience that my other big thing uh, oh there are so many big things uh, a big thing was just an experience I can notice it now as I stop um, in the forest that I'm in, I hear the bird song. 
And the big experience was just a feeling of aliveness, just feeling alive, just just simply taking one step, another step, continuing really in touch with what was around me, the nature, just something that I already experienced, but on a, on a much deeper level um, in those moments to, you know, the, and the liveness, not in the way that, oh, it's all, you know, just wonderful and just beautiful, but like also um, the aliveness of pain of uh, things that were, I was personally experiencing inside myself of um, challenges, maybe past and present. And that, yeah, it just left me, I think, as I left the Camino, I really noticed how it left me with a sense that this is like, it's not easy <laughs> and it won't be consistent or it's not, um, it's not about making it perfect, but that life is about living <laughs> and that like to be alive uh, in all the facets that means is kind of a huge thing that I, uh, I had touched more deeply in the Camino. Um, and I think that also goes for meeting people. I felt like there was a lot of magic in meeting people, uh, just speaking, you know, even many, many people. I think I'm very experienced at going on retreats and people going very deep and sharing, and I'm so grateful for that experience. And then the Camino brought this extra level of this is just uh, people that are in there, you know, so many reasons that they're doing the Camino. And um, just to meet them at where they're at and whatever experience they've had in life at that moment and to walk together and then to really touch like a lot of deep subjects just walking and to uh, get to know them over days where you kind of see them going through these challenges and we're each going through these challenges and then we're all supporting each other and hearing uh, uh, each other in those um, places very organically not with no none of the schedule of retreat uh, none of the holding of retreat in some ways but in another way we both all feel like we're going through something together and that there is a lot of magic and depth in that um, I even feel a little bit tearful <laughs> uh, sharing about this um, so yeah there's so much more I could share <laughs> And I know there's only limited time. So this is my experience and uh, I'd love to share it with you all. Thank you. So hi Joe. thank you for inviting me to share a bit about my, my trip on the Camino earlier this year. So my name's Serena and I normally live in Brighton and I set off in April with two lovely friends from uh, who I know through the Sangha uh, to go to to start in France on a, what ended up being a two-week journey on the Camino um, and we had all wanted to do it for a while um, and it just so happened that the timing kind of aligned um, with when 
we were all able to go. So it was a, yeah, quite a remarkable uh, thing, a remarkable trip. I think doing the Camino is something that is quite difficult to put into words, actually, if you've not done it before. Um, for me, what drew me was was actually just the possibility to be walking every day uh, because I'd done a similar trip, but a much more lonely one in the previous summer. And I, I really wanted to reconnect to that feeling of just being in movement every day. And um, there's something really special about that. It just takes you away from everything else. I think it just feels like this very embodied practice. Um, and being on the Camino, what's really special about that is not just that you're moving yourself through space every day um, and you're doing so quite significantly. I mean, we were walking, you know, between 20 and 30 kilometres a day um, with heavy bags uh, on just in, through really beautiful countryside. Um, so that's the that's the one amazing thing is that kind of physicality of it. But then also the people that you meet on the route and the fact that everybody that is walking with you alongside you in front of you or behind you the people that you meet every day and then you kind of meet them again at a different cafe stop or at the next hostel and then you might not see each other for a day and then you see each other again later um that everybody has such a clarity of intention while they're on the path i think everybody is there quite specifically wanting to connect with themselves again connect with life again um so there's this just there's just a very special quality to the people that are there and that you meet and the kind of conversations that you have. Very beautiful. We talked about it as being this kind of moving sangha that you're, you know, the people that you're with on a day to day basis might shift, but you're in this like river of people who all have this collective uh, focus for a while. Um, so that's really something really beautiful and yeah and I just some of the writing and notes I was making during that time I I wrote about it feeling like every step really feeling like a meditation because you you're focusing on just that endurance of getting through every moment in terms of the length of time it's taking you in terms of also you know the the mornings are very early starts in April it's very cold for the first few hours until the sun comes up um maybe you're working with hunger uh, for a lot of people they're working with pain as well um whether that's your feet or your hips or your shoulders or something something for somebody is always hurting um so yeah it's, it's an ongoing like meditation of just moving yourself through every moment of the of the walking so yeah in that's how i would in a that's what I would say about the trip. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Jasmine and Serena. As part of our community announcements this episode, we're going to hear from Tamsin Hong. Tamsin is a member of Wake Up London and of the Colours of Compassion Sangha and speaks to us here about something that's happening on Sunday, the 10K run in Battersea Park, 11 of us, I'm included, are going to be running to raise money for the Being Peace Practice Centre. Here's Tamsin's words and you'll find a link to how to find out more about how to encourage us across the line with a few pounds.
at www.tinyurl.com. I started running um, after I was inspired by a friend of mine who was training for a marathon. It was such an incredible experience seeing all these different types of people running. I'd always had it in my head that in order to be a runner, you had to be a particular body type or I don't know, a certain level of fitness. Um, And I was really inspired to see all these half marathon runners, um, including people who I could relate to. Um, And there was also this really joyous energy around the Hackney Half where someone was gloriously playing chariots of fire from their living room window and blasting it towards the runners. And then once runners finished running, they'd go back and cheer on the people that came behind them. It was just a really lovely energy. And I always um, found that quite inspiring. So I started running maybe about 18 months ago, and it's been a bit on and off. Um, But I've, I've never, I've never run a race before. And then when my friend Tom Manuel, and asked if anyone would run the 10k to raise funds for the being peace center that I just felt like okay this is the moment to to give it a go and what a wonderful thing to do with so many friends from um the the wake up and Wednesday sangers um and obviously I think with the with raising funds for the being peace center that's close to so many of us and I hadn't quite figured out how I might contribute Um, and this just felt like such a nice way to do that together I'm also really looking forward to seeing friends um, who have said that they'll come and cheer us on on the day um, and then we're going to celebrate afterwards and you know all of that is is just so um, germane to the way in which we do things in London in our sangers so yeah I'm pretty excited about that thank you very much Tamsin look forward to seeing you Sunday the link to donate again is www.tinyurl.com forward slash wake up London fundraising run you may hear this episode when the run is already finished but we'll keep that open for a few more weeks you're going to hear now from sibling young 10 You may remember Sibling Young Ten from the Being Peace fundraising evening, and we're going to hear that same meditation that Sibling Young Ten gave that evening. Prefaced here with a few words about movement, mindfulness, and the use of a wheelchair. Thank you so much, Sibling Young Ten. Dear Ty, dear beloved community, dear beautiful Wake Up friends, and dear Joe, uh, thank you for this opportunity to be included within today's podcast. As a person who utilises an electric wheelchair daily, I found that although from the outside looking in, the wheelchair mobility aid can look like a barrier to inclusion within walking and hiking sessions. Through my years of practice, using support mediums, uh, this is not wholeheartedly true. Although when first presented with a need to use and make use of a mobility aid, 
which I have found can be a psychological and physical, also at times traumatic experience to take on board, i.e. the fact that from now on, this is how I get around and move through day-to-day -day life. But over the years, I've enjoyed practicing within the Plum Village tradition, supported by Thai's teachings, and those of the sisters, brothers and siblings of Plum Village, around walking meditation, or as I like to say, rolling meditation. This has offered me the opportunity to look more deeply into the practice and how I experience it, rolling on the six wheels of this wheelchair that I'm fortunate to have the use of. When I experience the rolling practice, instead of viewing my feet stepping in time with my breath, gently kissing the earth, I have the opportunity to pick up on other subtleties within this deep practice from this seated position. This can be not limited to recognizing the wheel revolutions in time in my breath. It may be the movements of the chair underneath me, uh, especially in spaces such as accessible woodland paths or rocky bridleways. Recognizing that when the wheels connect with the tree roots, I may stop to contemplate that the rubber that touches the roots also came from a tree, thereby seeing the interbeing nature of this mobility support and its ancestral origins. Also, also there's a stability that the chair offers me by its connection to Mother Earth, and in this I'm furthermore reminded that every aspect of this chair in its many constituent parts, like I, comes from Mother Earth. I find that there are other subtleties that I can enjoy aside of the disability that I share body with. Aspects of my body still allow me to hear the bird song at dawn, to see the natural beauties such as lichen through to majestic oaks, to feel the breeze or rain on my face as I move through space, enjoying time in rolling meditation. I recognize this supporting mobility medium that I use for practice as a foundation for rolling meditation, for enjoying nature and increasing awareness of interconnectedness with my nature siblings in whichever form they may take. Bringing this back to the practice of inclusivity, I would like to rekindle the flame of awareness that inclusivity begins with ourselves. If we can cultivate this nature of self-inclusivity, allowing ourselves to get out into nature in whichever way it is possible for our bodies and situations to do so, to connect with the earth using whichever means are possible. I've experienced being able to, bit by bit over time, take care of the barriers within myself, holding them with compassion and deep looking, allowing me to experience slow dissipation of them, expanding my connection to Gaia, bringing walking and rolling meditation practice 
more present moment by moment in whatever form that takes, allowing the natural beauties of life to become recognized and enjoyed. Dear Thai, dear beloved Being Peace Sangha and community, thank you for this opportunity this evening to offer a short meditation. I shall give a short self-description now. I'm a person in a male body of 53 years old. I have a white complexion. I wear black rimmed glasses with a shaved head and shaved face. I wear brown monastic robes and I'm seated in front of a deep red curtain behind me. So I invite you now to come back to a place of stillness, that place of comfort, uh, familiarity, your preferred meditation position whatever that may mean for you, seated on the floor, on a cushion or on a stool, you may be seated on a chair that has legs or with wheels, or you may be lying down. Whichever position we find ourselves in, if we can keep as straight a spine as is comfortable to do so. And also throughout the meditation, you may wish to close your eyes if it is safe and also comfortable for you to do, or you may just like to offer a soft gaze in front of you. So as we slowly draw our attention further inwards, just resting it upon the natural rhythm of our breath, Just as the morning mist caresses the valley floor, we rest our attention on the natural rhythm of our breath, of our breathing pattern. I shall invite three sounds of a large bell to begin the meditation. And I shall offer a countdown transitional countdown around four minutes towards the end and then we shall transition out of the meditation with two sounds of the large bell
Breathing in, I know that I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know that I am breathing out. In, out. Breathing in, I rest my attention upon my body. Breathing out, I calm any movements in my body. Attention on body, calming body. Breathing in, I rest my attention upon my mind. Breathing out, I calm my mind. Attention on mind, calming mind. Breathing in, I recognize that mind and body inter-are. Breathing out, I'm aware that consciousness of mind and body inter-is. Mind and body inter-are. Consciousness of mind and body inter-is.
breathing in, I'm aware of the inclusive nature of mind and body. Breathing out, I recognize inclusiveness of consciousness. Inclusiveness of mind and body. Consciousness inclusive. Breathing in, I see that mind, body, and consciousness supporting each other. Breathing out, recognizing that I inter am with all beings, supporting each other, inter am with all. Breathing in, I vow to offer support to all beings. Breathing out, vowing to offer inclusiveness to all beings. Supporting all beings, inclusiveness for all. Two minute transitional countdown.
Breathing in, I feel solid in the present moment. Breathing out, feeling inclusive in this wonderful moment. Solidity in present moment, inclusive in this wonderful moment. So, dear friends, as we transition out of the guided meditation, I invite you to bring some gentle movement into the body, relieving any pressure that may have built up in our legs, in our arms, within our joints. So dear friends, I hope that you have the opportunity to water your seeds of happiness, joy, peace, and inclusivity through your coming days. Be well, dear friends. very much for tuning in to this the latest episode of the wake up london podcast wishing you well however you move through your day if you'd like to be involved in the podcast have suggestions about future episodes would like to make a short sharing you can contact us at wakeuplondon.org forward slash podcast if you'd like to make a donation you can do so by the do- finding the donate button there Thank you so much for everyone that's donated so far, and it means that the podcast can continue beautifully into the future. It really helps us to do that, so thank you. And we'll leave you with this from Charity and the Jam Band, and biography I'm going to read from Spotify. Since 2002, Charity and the Jam Band have been recording and performing award-winning music for children and grown-ups who love them. 
renowned for their funky and unforgettable grooves, joy-filled sing-alongs, peace-inspired rock epics, and heart-opening love anthems. All CJB songs have accompanying dance moves for all those who like to jump right in. Friends of Plum Village, we are delighted to have them on the next Peace Sounds album. Free. 